Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. What up, family? I got my good friend in studio tonight, Austin Carlisle. I had him on the, I think I had you in here like, man, was it a couple months ago? Something like that? Or was it longer? I don't remember. You don't remember? I don't. How, okay. how long ago was it? I'm just glad I passed into the to the uh, friend zone. Yes, we are friends. Finally. Yes, yes. I had him in here telling his testimony, and it was epic the last time he was here. But since then, you've been on a journey. We went to Israel. Last That was the last time I actually saw you. Yeah. So, the last time I saw you was in Israel, and you left early because you missed your baby so much. You weren't supposed to say that. Oh. <laughs> That's not why I left. Oh, well. But, yeah. I would have I would have left. I, I missed you, sick, man. though. I missed you. Yeah, it's good to see you. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. So what the heck? How have you been? Good. Israel was uh, great. I'm really glad that we got to go, and we got to go with Sonny from POD and his wife and you and your wife and your dad and um, your church, and I got to bring my dad with me, which was really cool. That was dope. Your dad is amazing. <laughs> Total spazoid. I love him. Tell, tell tell me some more about that. Yes, your dad. Yeah, he's a, he's just a he's just a wild man. I love hanging out with that guy. And he has a twin brother, identical twin. Identical. Identical twin. Dangerous. And those two together. Seriously, I couldn't even imagine those two guys on a trip together. I was with those guys for like an hour in a lobby, and I was losing my mind with amazingness. They were actually on the on the cover of Forbes magazine once, but just the back of their heads. <laughs> For uh, male p- pattern baldness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I promise, bro. Really? Yep. Okay, can someone Google it, please? One got the sugar pill and one got the real thing. I actually got to uh, go with them once, and I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, Well, next year we'll get them on the Israel trip, and we'll try to get them down to the Dead Sea to make the hair growth come, you know, come back down. We there. went to the Dead Sea, yeah. and uh, as I recall, you slept in. Did I? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember much of that trip for some reason, but um, I have <laughs> floated in the Dead Sea, though. That was like, what, your third, fourth, fifth? No, I've been to Israel 20, like 25 wow. to 28 times. I have family that, were, uh, that live in Jerusalem, and they were born there, my cousins. So we've been going back and forth to Israel my whole life. Man, see, that yeah. was my first time there, and it was, it was incredible, man. Well, yeah, tell, tell, you know, there's a lot of people listening and, you know, you hear about, you see stuff on the news about Israel and what's going on there. What was your experience? First of all, we went with um, Marcus McClure. Marcus. Marcus. Do you want to give him a shout out? He's listening. Yeah, Marcus, uh, <laughs> you better be listening. He's biting his nails right now. Hey, no, I, I stayed at his house for two days because I don't have one. And he saw that on like the last day of Israel, I got a, I got a hole in the top of my shoe. <laughs> And they're black shoes, and I was wearing white socks, and my toe just sticking out of the shoe. And so uh, he's like, "What size do you wear?" I was like, "Twelve." <laughs> and so he comes out, and two, he gives me two of his pairs of shoes. And he's like, "There you go." <laughs> he's the man. He is the man. I love hanging out with him. He gave guy. me some sunglasses too, and I still have them. He has the same amount of ADD as your dad as well. He's a total spazoid, don't you think? See, my dad doesn't have ADD. He's just hyper. <laughs> He's extremely hyper. See, that's the thing. You know, like, I understand now, Only I'm only 30, right? Right. 
So when I was growing up, that was like ancient. Mm -hmm. And now I understand more and more why my grandpa or my dad, you know, they fall asleep. Sitting up. In fact, your, your brother did with that with your dad. I saw that on Instagram and woke your dad up and he goes, mm, that right back to what he was doing. I love your dad, man. Yeah. I've awesome. been here in uh, Orange County for, for a few days. And I'm staying with Franco uh, Vescovi, the guy that does a lot of my tattoo work. Amazing tattoo artist. Yeah, and uh, he's the reason I met, you know, Corn and 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 uh, you know Sonny and some of those guys. And I keep doing that. And uh, his dad, we got to spend the night with him last night as well. And I like being around older men of God that have that wisdom. It's just cool, especially when they're they're gangsters or they're surfers or they're. You know, ex-Marines, ex-Pats. It's, it's, it's really cool. I met me. his dad the other night. Um, I went down there to go see Paul Gomez at the studio because he works there now. Yeah. And I, 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 I that's, yeah, you were just there. So I went to the studio. They're actually um, Franco's dad. They're doing a Bible study there now yep. on at the Tattoo Studio, which is awesome because no one in that whole test, Tattoo Studio are believers at all, very far from it. So here they are doing this amazing Bible study, this grassroots study with like – I don't know, five to ten guys. Yeah, it it. I went one night, um, and it, it's funny because I wanted to. There was a show. This was a few months ago. There was a show at the Observatory, and it was a a, a hardcore show, like like real hardcore, mm -hmm. like like the good stuff, not just you know whatever. It was a. Uh, but one of the bands was Turnstile, and um, I really wanted to go see it. When one of the the guys in the band. When I lived in Ohio and kind of was going through a weird time in my life, he he uh, he stood up to me once to this bully, and this guy was about to beat me up with a skateboard, and the uh, the bass player from from Turnstile, like got the bully off of me and like took his board and smashed it in half, and from that day on I was like, man, he's the man, and I wanted to go see him, and then Paul and Franco were like, hey man, we're having this Bible study, and I was like, all right, I stayed, and it's like all these dudes like. UFC fighters and the cauliflower and like these ex gangsters and it was cool. It's pretty cool. And his dad's like, um, he, he didn't grow up at the church. He seems like kind of a rough around the edges guy. Yeah. Right. Tell it like it is kind of. Yeah, guy. yeah, straight up guy, which is awesome. That's where my dad teaches the Bible as well. It's just very straight up and, you know, and uh, <laughs> I mean, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's epic. So yeah. I got to make it down there one day to what's what's it called Vatican Studio? Yeah, Vatican. The Vatican Studio. So anyway, let's, let's I like that we were in Israel with your dad too. That was really cool. Yeah, no, it was it was it was a special moment to be out there. We had 200 people there. Or was it it was like 200 and 250 people. It was we had four buses deep. Sonny had his own bus. It was it was amazing out there. But he was in charge and when you left, we uh I got to take a tour underneath Jerusalem in those uh the tunnels that they built. So it's about knee high, thigh high water. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and we got to lead a, a Wait, group. Wait, is that group. Hezekiah's tunnel? Was that what it was? You know me. I think it was Hezekiah's I <laughs> tunnel. I think it was Hezekiah's tunnel. Yeah, from from the inside of Jerusalem out mm. outside. Yep. And that was that was really cool. And it was it was a, 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 one of the grandmas and Chris and um, we had like the lights from our phones and it, it was pretty cool because we I definitely wasn't expecting it to be walking through water for a mile. So tell me this: the dark going to Israel. You've, you you read through the Bible. And now you're in Israel and you're walking through the Holy Land and you're seeing a lot of this stuff. It's a reality. What did that? What paint? What picture did that paint for you? And how did it affect your faith 
going there, be you know, reading the Bible and then going there and actually seeing the stuff that you read about. Tell us, tell us a little bit about a couple of those um, amazing moments. Yeah, man, it uh, well, shoot, being able to to read about the the Bible and read the stories in the Bible and read about the life of Jesus, you know, is really powerful. Yeah. Alone, and 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 that's something that means a lot to me. But like, this is a flower that I got from the garden. Oh, like, nice. I kept a lot of these things. Like from every little stop we'd go. I didn't know if that was like I was allowed to do that or that's not. That's illegal. No, really. <laughs> but from certain parts of the Bible that that when we would go to that place, you know, from the tomb to the garden to um. The yeah. Sea of Galilee. Oh, the, I got a rock from the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of strange like that. I used to collect sand. I had a sand collection, and I'd collect sand from all over the world. And, um, But being able to see and to be in the places where all of these stories you hear were written about and to be able to be there and be in person, it just um, – it was just – it made my faith that just much more on fire and so much more solidified in the fact that – you know, I believe because of because of faith and faith a lot of times is blind and right. faith a lot of times is, you know, you're not always like, OK, this is this and here it is. But being able to go and walk like when we went to the Sea of Galilee, it was raining and stormy all day. Right. That was a crazy day. We yes. went out on the boat and when we're out on the boat, you start to th- I think it was you you speaking. Yeah. And as you're speaking, like the storm stopped, the sun came out for like an hour we went, we went back in, and as soon as we got back in to, to the other side of the shore, it just started pouring again. And then we had so many good olives. After we all left the dinner, mm-hmm. I walked around to all. <clears throat> I walked around to all the tables after everyone had left, and I had a Ziploc bag that I let them give me, and I took all the extra olives that people didn't eat from the fish spot. <laughs> no way. They were good, man. Yeah. You know. All right, I get it. I grew up roughing it. You know, you uh, got to do what you got to do. One hundred percent. So how was um, okay? So you toured through all the Sea of Galilee, and then you made your way into Jerusalem. Mm, Jerusalem, and that's that's that. that that's like the peak of the of the trip. You enter to the main city, and basically you're on your way to the cross, like where the tomb is, where it's empty. How was that experience when you were there? Oh man, it was so cool for me to see. You know, because there's a lot of places in Jerusalem and and all over the world you know, wherever there's any kind of history where this is this. And you're like, oh, maybe not. Mm. <laughs> or, you know, this this handprint in the wall is, you know, there's even like Disneyland, there's tourist attractions. And yeah. in some places, 100%. you know, they do things like that, which whatever. But just knowing that I was in that area and just just the fact alone to see historically what the tomb where Jesus was laid at looks like. Yeah, just that alone. Whether that be the tomb or not, whether that not be in the same mile radius, just to to see what the actual tomb looked like to me was so powerful because it just I'm a very visual learner and I'm a very um, terrible at math because I can't see the the problem um, and and learning visually it just made all of these stories in the Bible like boom pop out to me. And um, it was just so powerful for me. I, uh, in the tomb, after the tomb, I walked away by myself, and I like, man, I just, I just had one of those, one of those moments that you have with God when, when you just, you can't speak, 
and you can't worship, you can't think, you can't, there's just no words and you're just, you just, man, I was just touched. And it was, was really, really, really powerful for me because, you know, as we talked about before on the show, like last time I was here, like I took 10 years, I took a big step away from God because I hated him. You know, mm-hmm. I resented him. Yep. You know, he, 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 he took my mom. Like I spoke at a, a high school last Wednesday and I said, who's, who here's seen the guardians of the galaxy? And you know, kids put their hands up and it was like the beginning of the movie, the, his mom dies and he runs out and he's crying. And then he's, you know, he's abducted by, I was like, I wasn't abducted by a, a blue guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I ran out and, and I ran out from the hospital and I was running from God and I kept running. And just to, to, to know that I had spent that much time away from God just because of my own me, my selfishness and my anger and my this and that. And then being able to see that there was just, I don't know. I mean, shoot, we didn't even know we were going to talk about that or this. And I just, that was really, really uh, powerful for me because... I, I walked away from that and it's like, man, bro, what yeah. were you thinking? So that's what makes why I'm, you know, doing this today and, you know, why, you know, like you go to schools and I like doing that and speaking any chance that we get because it's like God works through those stories. 100%. You know, and, and stories of what God's done in our lives. Yeah. And that transformation, like Job, you know, like I relate to Job from his health to losing everything he loves. Mm-hmm. To Saul, who used to kill Christians for a living, had a radical encounter and, you know, turned around and wrote some of my favorite books in the Bible, you know, and, and, and just to show no different than, 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 you know, Head from Corn or your story or my story or any, any believer's story, no matter how great or small, just to see like, just to see that, that turnaround and to see that change of heart, like, it's just it's it's really cool to me and, and even just to visually live it out man like i'm pumped i'm what? pumped to be here i don't know i got pretty heavy right right for a second i'm sorry no <laughs> no worries no right it's out of the gate ryan it's uh you know the 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 culture and everything that's going on and we're going to talk a little bit about this later on in the in the show but you know there's there is a need for um for god for for a lot of people as you were talking about how you've been speaking in different schools, you, you've spoken in a lot of schools down in Costa Rica as well with yeah, a translator well, and, and after Israel, yeah. I, uh, I went, um, I went back to Costa Rica cause I'm, you know, I'm, I live there, right. Uh, been living there, staying there and healing there. Um, so I went back to Costa Rica for a while and won some more, uh, baseball games with my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, a coach down there too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I coach our, uh, our kids win all of our games, but like, 15, 20 points. We have, Killing to, it. we have to stop counting. <laughs> Pumped on them. But no, uh, you know, I went down there and, and spent more time there. And then I um, actually came back to to the States because uh, the Marfan Annual Family Conference was happening at Stanford, which is the, the Marfan Family Conference is something that uh, they ha- it happens every year all across the country. Tell, tell people what Marfan's is so the people are just tuning in. Oh, um, well, hello, my name is Austin Carlisle and I have Marfan syndrome. Uh, Marfan syndrome is something that I have. Um, 
if if people don't know about it, it's you know what I found out about through my mom passing away. Um, it's a connective tissue disorder, so it causes all of the tissues in your body to to stretch and to to wear down and to break. Um, and every case is is different. Some people have their biggest problems are their backs or their lenses slip or their hearts. Um, a lot of their traits are tall and skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, teeth. You know, everyone's a little different. There's there's people that don't look like they would be on a basketball team at all, and they have Marfan. You know, okay. so it's it's funny when any conference people are we take over a hotel and what's your basketball team and we joke around because we'd be like the worst basketball team ever everyone everyone i've met that has it they're super tall yeah skinny. yeah um so the the conference was at stanford this year which is really or more about it sorry sorry i keep forgetting that uh i'm just so stoked yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me man awesome um but marfan syndrome it it it's unique to to every person and uh with me it was a a heart the heart thing was the biggest issue so i had a valve sparing aortic root replacement surgery and they put in a dacron graph uh, which is like the same material as a sailboat sail because i had a big bulge in my uh aorta valve hey your phone's on bro i know my cameras and um (laughs) kid cameras and that's how uh you know, that's one of the biggest issues is people that go undiagnosed, they, they have aneurysms in their heart. You know, that's what happened to my mom. And so it's important to me to, to, to get plugged in with them and to help them and to raise awareness and do what I can. And, you know, I like spending time with, with the, the teens and the young adults and even, you know, the families because a lot of them are just finding out they have this. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've had, you know, from foot surgeries, ear surgeries, Hip tears, hip hip surgery, uh, rib surgery, collapsed lung. Um, you know the heart surgery. Uh, had not the tears, like seven tears in my spine, and, and that's just all like, these the things. <laughs> just for the listeners, all these things keep happening to someone that has this. Well, because Marfan syndrome condition. doesn't have a cure. Yeah, and and the the, the main thing is with it is is you just have to take like each thing as it comes and mm-hmm. and actually the you know that's why i enjoy speaking at the conferences and stuff and 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 getting to know these these people and these families because when i found out that i had it i did the wrong thing you know i ran this way and started doing all of these things and and it's just it means a lot to me to to a to be there for them and b i learn a lot from them um I had my hip surgery because of a, a six-year-old, no, seven, seven-year-old girl. I was explaining to her and her mom my symptoms about my hip. And she goes, oh, they did this surgery in me, boom. And I was like, oh, okay. And I mentioned it to my doctor who was there at Stanford. And he goes, and boom, and my hip, and I was fine. I couldn't walk on my hip for more than 30 minutes without searing pain in a seven-year-old girl. <laughs> knew what to do so it's it's there's some of the just they're just very uh strong kids and strong parents as well that have children that have it because they, they fight every day yeah. and and it's like being in the, those shoes and you know a lot of people say well i understand it's like no man no, it's constant pain all day yeah but these kids like they just get me so stoked in the in the families because they know 
what it's like and they don't take things for granted and and that's so powerful to me these kids are my heroes bro like they're now, awesome where where is this conference is it up it's up north right in california mm-hmm. well every year it's at a different place oh, okay. um uh, they have different, you know, hospitals and hotels that host it each year so that people can can kind of come, you know, locally. And mm-hmm. There's some kids that have, it's their 10th year in a row. It's up Kyle, it's up Cassie. Um, there's some kids, it's like their first year. Um, <clears throat> and so they're just finding out that they have this crazy syndrome that doesn't have a cure and that, you know, when they first find out, they're like, I'm going to die by the time I'm 30 and I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to go blind and my heart's going to blow up and my hips are going to rupture and I'm going to, my back's going to fall out of it's whatever. And like, you're freaking out. I bet. And they get to meet all these other kids. They're like, what? You've only had 40 surgeries. I've had 52. What? I can trump you. Like I go in there and I'm like, yeah, I've had like 12 and they're like, wimp. Like it's gnarly. So it's really yeah. cool to be a part of. And it was at Stanford this year, which means a lot to me. And so. I came here to speak at the conference and I got to, uh, two years ago, I won the heart of it all award, um, Mm -hmm. which is like, uh, it's just, it's cool. It's a very, it's the heart of it all. Like the people that put a lot towards the, the, the awareness and doing things. And this year I got to present it and I got to present it. Her name's Sunny Pallone. I don't know if you're listening, but she's 70, I'll say 72. So she doesn't get mad maybe 62 uh-huh. and she's been with Stanford and the Marfan group for a really long time. And we got to present it and it was just special to me because those people have been by my side for seven years, you know, yeah. since my heart surgery. And I also had to come back to the States because I had to get a sleep study done uh, with Marfan. One of the biggest things is sleep apnea. And I, I've been on a CPAP machine for four five, six, a long time. <laughs> And uh, because I stop breathing like two or three times an hour if I don't use it. And the machine like helps me get actual rest and get actual sleep and like feel okay-ish. Yeah. And uh, the the machine was like giving me a lot of problems and I was waking up still tired and it was just giving me a lot, a lot of issues. So I, I, I was like, okay, two birds, one stone. Do the conference, get the sleep study, mm-hmm. see what's wrong. And then... Two days after that, I ended up back at Stanford, though. Wait, so you went you went to Las Vegas at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. In, in between the... <laughs> yeah. I was coming out there to meet you. I'm like, hey, I'll be out there in 24 hours. And then next thing you know, you texted me. Hey, dude, I'm in Stanford again. I'm like, what yeah. the heck happened? I literally... So I, I went for the sleep study, and you stay overnight. And they put all these patches all over your head and like things in your head and just everywhere right i like i felt like c3po when anakin had him you know he was first building them before he got the the makeover and um it turns out well shoot yeah so sleep study i go back to vegas two days the first day i notice this big pouch like on my forehead and matt curls what's up you better be listening i'm staying with him he's he's uh you know working on new music and i'm just kind of he's my you know my friend and we're there and we're you know working and hashing things out and catching up and he you know i showed him this pouch of fluid on my forehead and he's like bro that's weird man (laughs) it doesn't hurt whatever woke up the next day the pouch was over here and no it moved it moved it moved. That's sketchy. This wasn't aliens tom holland have you ever seen the really old movie uh aliens anyways so uh, the pouch is here. Then the Monday morning I woke up 
and all of the food was like in my hole here my forehead area and it hurt it finally hurt like the first two days it didn't hurt so i was like oh and it was like oh my goodness it, it's funny i took a picture on instagram i'm like covering up people are like nice nice model pose and i was like i'm covering up because i had like <laughs> they all lump on the i should have just posted. I, I do have videos i should post one but i look creepy yeah but yeah so it turns out um i was i had an allergic reaction somehow to the whatever they used for my sleep study um which by the way the funny part about that is during the sleep study they found out that i need a bi-level sleep machine which is like a bipap which is different and I had the best sleep I've had in years. I woke up the next day. I felt so great. Get back to Vegas, have and this, then yeah. have this. And then the next day I was like, man, like, oh, like, okay. So went back to the hospital from Vegas back to Stanford because um, I went to the emergency room in Vegas and it was just a nightmare. Um, <laughs> I'll say that. That's all I'll say about that. And, um, so I went and they were trying to figure out what it was. And it turns out that I had a, an allergic reaction. And because of the reaction in my body, for some reason, my in the past, and why one of the reasons why I left of mice and men was because, you know, when I would scream or yell or sing, like it was like ripping tears in my spinal column and spinal fluid, you know, the whole nine. We've it's talked out, about yeah. this before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it would come out. So my body, for some reason to this reaction, thought I was having another leak. So it started creating more of the fluid. And so the fluid was just building up inside my skull and Dude, like in crazy. my head and all because it was just producing too much. And so they did a, they're called trigger point injections. I've had them probably 50 times. They and look gnarly. I did, I did my first, well, it was like my third Instagram live, but did like when I was doing the trigger point injections, I had like a couple sessions of them and mm -hmm. it was only like 11 needles, but they, they put it in, put it in your, uh, your muscles in your back and they inject like a lidocaine and a steroid and they do this. And then, uh, the, one of the procedures they did, which is up in here, they do like a, like a hollow needle up into the base of your neck, up underneath your skull or something, like a hollow one, and then they put a smaller one inside of that. And uh, yeah, but it's all gone. The draining's done, the this is done. All that hurts now is where they got me. So I got a question for you that a lot of people will probably ask you. Oh, great. How in the heck do you stay so positive throughout all these storms? In your life. I know we're going to be going to break here probably like in a minute or two. And we should probably pick up yeah, after yeah. the break for this. But so seriously, I mean, if I was going through this, I mean, this is some serious pain. And it's over and over. And I've, I've known you for I don't know how many years now. And it's always in and out of the hospital um, going through serious surgeries and, and serious things. And... Um, you know, that's I know on, a lot of your fans that follow you on your Instagram, they're constantly asking you, how do you do it? And that's definitely what I want to talk to you, when, talk about when you get back from the break. Because, um, I mean, I don't know how I personally would do it. You know, having a, a condition like this going through, you know, actually, we have two minutes. Just start talking a little bit about it. Oh, I mean, I can't do that. I mean, man, it, you're right. It, it's a question a, a lot of people ask me often is, is 
you know, from, from people online to, you know, some of the Marfan kids, they, they have my phone number and we, we text and, um, you know, to, to friends, family, even to like nurses and, and, you know, there's some of the nurses that just want to hang out and talk, you know, about music and stuff. And there's other nurses that want to hang out and they ask like, how are you like, you have a crazy story and you're, or nurses I've known for four or five years. And like, you're right. I'm going back and forth. And they always ask about it and, or, or, or it's something that they see and it's, it's so no secret yeah it's um the 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 only thing that gets me through ryan is the one thing that i ran away from like the only thing that gets me through is is what i used to hate the only thing that gets me through is what made me become and get into addiction and violence and theft and whatever you name it um, and, uh, I just, yeah, I, I want to, I want to go into it. I'm, I want to go into it for real. Cause it's just, it's important to me, man. Especially for everyone listening. Cause there's nothing more important than what gets me through. You know what? We're going to wrap that up and take that yeah. two minutes right when we get back from the break. And we're going to give out the call number so you can call in and ask Austin some questions as well. Sick. We'll talk to you in two minutes. More live with Ryan Race coming up. Everything all right? Sure. Call now. 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say... Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say All right, we are back. I have Austin Carlisle in studio. He's the former lead singer of Mice and Men, and he was just telling us about everything that he's been going through on this journey as he's left his band, and he's been dealing with uh, this condition called Marfins and um, just uh, going in and out of the hospital. And the thing that a lot of his... Uh, followers and fans have commented on his Instagram constantly as he's showing photos of him going in and out of the hospital as they're saying, Austin, how do you stay so positive while you're going through this stuff? So go ahead and let's let's talk to the listeners and tell them how you do it. But before that, I want to actually give the number out because I want them to call in and yeah. be able to ask you some questions as well. All right. I know a lot of them are waiting for that number, so I'm going to give it out. It's 888 Six one seven three triple eight five six four six one seven three. You can call us, and uh, we're going to try to get to as many calls as possible towards the end of the show. Can How you, do you can do you it? Put that, uh, can you put that number to a melody? No, dang it, can't do it, man. Sorry. Eight seven six five three Um Yeah, it, we started getting into it before the break, and yeah. I just. You know, I, I, I'm i not a pastor. I'm not a speaker. I'm not a whatever-er. You know, I just, I'm a dude. I'm a yes, guy, I yes. guess. Um, <laughs> so sometimes it's it's hard for me to, to put into words certain things. It's like when I was talking about being a very visual learner. And I was having a conversation just the other day with, with someone. And, you know, 
we were talking about how how to me you know how i don't know how quite to quite how to describe this and to me it's like well just show me like <laughs> that's you know actions to me speak louder than anything yeah and you know you know no matter your your skin color your politics race culture where you're from what you believe any of these things where you associate you know nothing the none of that defines you or defines your character you know your actions define your character and um i just think that that's something that something people forget sometimes um uh but but for me you know Having people ask me how do you how do we, I stay so positive through these constant kind of trials that I go through, especially with the hospital? Like the short answer is, well, I could whine and complain about it and make everyone miserable around me, which is just going to make me more miserable. Mm-hmm. Which is that's an answer that should suffice for for everyone. A very broad spectrum. Like you can complain and be wallowing in misery, but it's not going to help the situation at all. It make you better. Yeah. I promise. Unless, unless you have the most patient doctor in the world, which I highly doubt. So, um, and the other thing is, is my faith. Um, there's a, there's a Bible verse. It's, we were just talking earlier. Uh, it's a, it's a Bible verse and the word I, I want to read it. It says endurance, but the original word is perseverance. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's, I have it tattooed on the back of my neck, which is the reason why. Um, but the, the verse is literally talking about peace with God through faith. Um, and it's in Romans, who is one of my, uh, one of my favorite books. And it's Romans 5, 1. And it says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Through him. We have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and now we rejoice in this hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, perseverance, and that endurance, perseverance, produces character, and character produces hope. That's point A visual okay mm-hmm. so the rest of it for point B is and hope does not put us to shame because god's love has been poured out into our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us so point a of that is talking about your character and your character is being defined as as it says right here through your perseverance through your endurance through your actions and whether you believe on that the broad spectrum side or 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 this it's a part of character and i think that's why it resonates so, so much to me because it's saying that that you have that perseverance and and that's building you right and you endure these things and that's building you as a person and for me it's building me and my relationship with christ because some people would even say, well, you know, well, why, if your God loves you so much, why would he put you through these things? And why, why would he do this to you? And, you know, 
it might be hard to hear for believers, but just because you're a believer in Christ and just because you walk into that relationship with the Lord does not mean life's going to be butterflies and happy times and bluebird on my shoulder. I've never read that in the Bible. I never have either. Have you? <laughs> no. Um, I, I don't know. I don't find it in there. But to to to. Sorry. So, shout out to Valentino Chug Watt. I drink a lot of water. I can't help it. Um, so, so just this, this, um, this verse means so much to me because it, it, it then goes into saying that our hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts. And it's talking about that. Okay. So if God's love is being poured out into my heart and, and the new Testament and the Bible talks about when you step into that relationship, it's Christ through you, Christ in you, you you're not relying on your own strength and your own. There's a Bible verse that says, lean not on my own, your own understandings. Mm-hmm. Cause we're people and contrary to popular belief, we don't know everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and when you step into that relationship, just like it says here, the this Holy spirit that has been given to us, Jesus also said, I leave you with this gift, which is the Holy spirit and the spirit of discernment. And that's Christ in you. And so if he's pouring his love into me, the only natural reaction, if he's actually pouring his love into me, is me filling up with that and overflowing because there's so much of it and because it's so endless that it flows out to me into other people's lives that come in contact with me. Mm-hmm. And if they're not coming in contact with that overflowing, pouring love that I have inside of me, then there's probably something not going on inside of me that is that is being poured into and and and, and the you know spirit led because your heart can't not do that it's not saying and i'm not saying there's not bad days you know there's many days where where sometimes it's hard to be sociable it's hard to go it's hard even living in costa rica just to put on sandals and swimming trunks and go walk down to the fruit stand you know like there's always hard times <clears throat> that, you know, maybe you don't feel like you're overflowing. You feel like you're, yeah. but hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Like that overflows through me. And that's, that's not me. And that's what I always try to tell people is that difference you see in me, that someone really special to me in my life recently, we talked about that, that, that difference that they see in me and and I had to explain and, and to, to, you know, kids and friends and family on Instagram and all these things, I have to make them understand that it's not me. You know, me, me would be me when it comes to my mouth, I'd cry like a little baby because I don't like mouth pain. I can do all the needles and stuff, but not my mouth. Mm. But it's because of that relationship that I have with Christ and as fresh and as new and as hungry as I am and new into that, he's still, he's pouring that, that love into me and it's overflowing. And that's what people are seeing. They're not seeing me. They're seeing Jesus's blood, Christ's blood, Christ's love, which is also how God sees me now. He sees me covered in that blood. Mm-hmm. You know, God sees people in two ways, in Adam and man or in Christ, because that's the gospel. The gospel is why Jesus came and what he did, which was he died for us, he sacrificed himself 
so that we, it says, no man comes to the Father except through me, which was the Son, so that we could know that, we could have that. And as I did this, like it, it that outpouring of love and that outpouring of, of what people are drawn to, and especially in the past, you know, two years, three years since I've stepped back into this, like the story of the prodigal son, if you don't know it, look it up. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into it, but the father welcomed me back with open arms, even though I ran away from him and I, I did everything wrong. I threw everything away and he welcomed me back because he loved me that much. Um, and now it's more important to me than ever to, than, than just not to, to, to try to do that or try to be positive. Yeah. I can't try to be positive. It's like, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, like uh, buying a self-help book at the, at Barnes and Noble. What is what good is a self-help book going to do? Self is the one that got you into the problems in the first place. Yep. If I relied on myself to get me out of these things or I relied on myself to keep me strong, to keep me not from, you know, one time I, I almost threw my fist at a male nurse because I said, don't get me there. Don't get me there. Don't get me there. I promise. Oh, I know what I'm doing. You don't. It's just like seven years ago. And yeah. Boom. Rah, blood everywhere. And, you know, oh my God. If, if it's just. I would be that guy. But Christ and that love that it's talking about, and you've talked about it before with me, is torrents of living water. And it's it's there's also talks about in the Bible that like coming into a relationship with Christ is like, okay, back in the day they used like wine skins, mm-hmm. which was like usually of a I don't know, an animal animal, right, or whatever, yeah. and cloth, whatever. And you don't pour new wine into an old bag, an old wine skin, you pour new wine into a new skin. Mm-hmm. And that's that pouring out of love that God does for us. And people, it's hard to explain that transformation and that change of heart and that new wine and that new person that you become in Christ, which baptism represents. Baptism does not send you to heaven. Mm-hmm. Being sprinkled as a baby does not send you to heaven. It's a relationship it's, with it's, Jesus. It's, it's yeah. the, the Bible. And that baptism represents that, yes. But that, knowing that I have that and knowing that that's what I have fills me and overflows for me so much because I see what the world has to offer. And I've tasted 1% of what the world has to offer as being successful, famous, this, that, you know, going to the the Playboy Mansion to pick up your girlfriend's friend. Like, we go pick up my friend? Sure, where's she at? Okay. Or, you know, celebrities or doing these, you know, stupid things that, like, the world says is here, you know? So money. The world says it's all amazing to have these, all these items. Money, these things. fame, whatever it is. Big house, big car, yeah. whatever it is. If you look at social media, if you look at the news, the amount of overdoses, the amount of suicides. Mm-hmm. Huge. And that was one of the, the biggest reasons to something that why I wanted to share tonight was because I'm tired of it, man. And I'm tired of people that should be saying something, don't say something. Because it's not it's not a it's not a 
it's not a this problem or this problem or this problem or this side's fault or that side's fault or this color's fault or that color's fault or that party's fault or that party's fault or this religion's fault or that religion's fault. It's none of those. That's not the problem. The problem is a heart problem. Mm-hmm. Everyone. And, and, and it upsets me so much that people pass blame here, do this, this, this. It's, it's a heart problem. And it starts with the heart and the whole point of Jesus coming, the whole point that he was who he is and he did what he did and he does what he does through people every day is because of that love, that heart, that change, that what we're supposed to be created for in the first place. And and that's basically what happens when you give your life to God. And what does that look like when you say, Jesus, I can't do it without you Come into my life? Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And then there's that supernatural work that happens in our life where he starts changing your heart, changing your mind, and does that supernatural work in this natural realm. And and that's the change. Yes. And that's that's when, you know, you don't know till you know. Yes. You don't know, now you know. But from, 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 from Mac, to Anthony, to, to you can name on and on of mm-hmm. overdoses and suicides. Even Chester. Mm-hmm. How the only reason that you can obtain everything that the world says is going to make you happy and then overdose, which accidental or not, or suicide or whatever it may be, if you have everything the world says is what is 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 what is going to make you happy and you're still so unhappy that you're addicted to heroin, this, that, coke, this, that, whatever, or you know, you 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 you're to the point where where you have to take so many drugs that it eventually kills you, or you're at the point of you're so successful in the world and you have what the world is gonna make you happy and you have you kill yourself. offer it says in the bible how the world and the the, the powers of this world they're, that's not that's satan and, and that's wrong like what the world says is is going to fulfill you is wrong and because that stuff never does no bob marley said and i don't know the direct quote but mark barley said if money makes you know if you rely on money for happiness you'll never be happy because money is a number and like and numbers are infinite. And if you're looking for this obtainable, oh, 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 as soon as I get this, I'll be happy. As soon as I get this, I'll be happy. As soon as I get this, I'll be happy. It's, it's no different it's, than it's, addicts. It's just like it's just like when you're younger, like if I just had these shoes or if I just could get my own car one day or if I could just get the house or whatever or if I could just get that girl. You get these items or these things and then sooner or later you're over it. You want to get a new car, new shoes, whatever. Not, not, none of these physical items ever fulfill that that empty void inside of your life. Nope. There's a Bible verse, Mark 8, 36 through 37. And um, I like that one verse too in Matthew that you were talking about earlier. About what is a man prophet? Hold on. I got to find this. Yeah, go ahead. And so here it is. That. Okay. It's Mark 8, 36 through 37. It says, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world 
and to forfeit his soul. For what can a man give in return for his soul? That's putting it there. That that's putting it in, in black and white. That's it's written in red because that's what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. And whether I'm tired of I'm tired of social media and these people and and from news to movies to 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 music to the music industry to Hollywood to politicians saying this and you're not allowed to say Jesus you're not allowed to do this this is this this is off subject this is that that can't happen there has to come a time and there has to come a time in where we are as as human beings and as a country and as believers and as new creations through Christ, not because of anything that we could do, because we can never get there. Yeah. We would never get there. It's because of God's grace. But there has to be, you have to stand. Bob Dylan even said, it may be the devil and it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yeah. You, you can't stand in the middle of the road because you're going to get hit by both sides. You got to choose and you got to, you got to cho- choose what the world is going to make you happy or what Christ says. And what Christ provides, which is John 10, 10, the thief, which is Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come to bring you life and life more abundant. That's saying, Jesus is saying, I've come to bring you abundant life. That doesn't mean abundant riches. That doesn't mean prosperity and hyper grace and excuses and this and that and this and that. And that doesn't mean even judgment. You know, even on the side of this, whatever, you, you, our job as believers and our jobs as followers of Christ is not to judge this, this, and doing this, and doing this, and yes, holding brothers and sisters accountable, and yes, right from wrong, and yes, there are, you have to stand you have, right and wrong, like I said. But our, our job isn't to, 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 to do that. One of, one of the times Jesus himself showed almost like, I don't know, the righteous anger, the, that once... <clears throat> He gets angry because he walks into the um, the church back then, and they're 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 charging people, and they're overselling things, and they're taking advantage of people that are suffering. And he goes gangster on them and starts flipping tables. Now, flip the story, flip the page. There's a a woman that they kicked out of town because she's a prostitute, and she's out at a well. And he goes to speak to her and ask for water, and begins a conversation with her, and. How, how are you? How are you going to speak to her? How 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 are you going to? How are you? Uh, if you claim to be the son of man or the son of God, how can you? And and there's so many times when Jesus references, okay. If you are without sin, and there's another a whole instance. If oh, you're without sin, with that other woman. Yeah. Let's. Let, they were going to stone a woman, mm-hmm. kill her because of what she had sinned, what she had done wrong. And he says, any of you that are without sin, here, you threw the first stone. And that was to the modern day, what you would call, pre, pre, whatever they are, leaders of the church. Religious leaders he was saying, them. all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means all. No different than John three sixteen. whosoever believes in me, mm-hmm. all have sinned. Mm-hmm. He's encompassing because to him. Sin is sin is sin is sin is sin is sin. There's not, okay, this is this. Different this levels, is that. yeah. It's all, it's all. 
this isn't a multi-level program. <laughs> yeah. It's either – and I just – John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you. And he says, not the kind of peace that the world has to offer. Because God offers a kind of peace that surpasses all understanding and all verbal verbal expression that I can can no verbal expression that I could ever think of will suffice. No ever visual representation that I could draw, write, paint would ever suffice. Because faith that was so so much restored for me when I was in Israel, Ryan. Mm -hmm. That faith is growing more and more every day because I see how much the world has to offer and how much it hurts people and kills people and takes people's lives. It steals, it kills, it destroys because that's Satan and that's the lie and that's the world. And that's what from social media to, to the commercials. I see how powerful that is. Yes. And I see how powerful they are from the money. And, oh, man, I could go and hold down another path of the powerful and yeah. the money. But, but, but yeah. they're powerful. And, they, and, 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 and there's a lot of power in that. People are severely addicted and depressed. And the age of social media and you have, you have more people, you know, suicide and depression. And, and the whole time I was in the band, that was one of the biggest things. So how do we how, – how are we ever – how are we in this world – that has that to offer and it's building. So what gives me so much more faith and what makes me so pumped to be here and to be alive and to be alive in this time is because if I see how powerful they are and how powerful what the world has to offer is and how powerfully it's causing people to ruin their lives, then that shows me that the God of the universe that did the transformation in my life There's no contest, man. And I'm sick and tired of people thinking that it's a – I'm sick and tired of people thinking it's even a match because God's already won. And the way to tell people that and the way to do to, – to get that across is not holding up signs that are hurtful. It's showing people Christ through you, which is that pouring out of love. And, and, and it's time to do that because – I don't know. I'm awesome. sorry. We didn't take a single question. It's, I just, it's right. We have we have like one minute left. Let me do this. For you guys that are listening, God has a plan for you. Yeah. Don't buy in to what the world is offering Please. because it, it offers stuff that's just emptiness. You know it. I know it. We've all been there and done that. Give your life to God. Say, God, show up on my life. Forgive me for my sins. And I want to encounter you. And watch what happens. God will start doing supernatural things in your life. He'll give you that peace. He'll give you that hope. And he'll start helping you with the things that are going on in your life and get you on the right course. So I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. You I, got 20 seconds left. I think, I, man, I just thank you, Ryan, for, for having me, man. And uh, I'm here. We love you guys. And thank you. Hit me up. I want to talk to you. I'm sorry I didn't get the answer. Maybe I'll do a live or something later. Peace. Oh, that's it. Oh, I thought we were...
This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.